All right. It is December 16th. Ruth and Nick recording lesson 1.3 for the foot 2022 foot nerd program. Three, two, one. Hello to everyone listening and welcome to the foot nerd program. I'm Nick. Ruth here. And we're honored to welcome you to lesson 1.3. So thank you for being here. Thank you for making a commitment to take back responsibility for your health by putting your attention towards learning these things and engaging with all of us as we all continue to learn together. So today's objective is to unpack the word community so that we can all better understand and more importantly, harness the power of community in our lives uh, and empower others with being able to apply that power in their own lives. And, you know, Ruth and I are simply going to share what our current perspective is on community, how we view it personally, uh, what we've learned in our time uh, working on the Footner program until now. And so we hope to give that to you so that you can make your own definition of community and uh, give us feedback to mold our collective definition of community to keep evolving it and making it better as we continue learning. So if you have any questions about the lesson, feel free to message us on Slack. And if you want to contribute to the lesson, you can, uh, same thing, send us a message on Slack, let us know what you want to contribute or, or any feedback you have. Uh, we appreciate it very much. So let's dig in. And I think a good place to start is number one, to all the listeners, pause this and write down in your health log, what is your current definition of community? Is that something you've thought of? If not, take a second, pause, reflect, think of how do what, if someone says, what is community? Uh, answer that for yourself. And I think these, these things might seem silly, but defining terms at the start of your journey, which then give you a chance to go and reflect back on this sort of baseline that you're, um, and maybe your definition is, I've never thought about a definition. I don't even know what community means. I've only heard of the word. Maybe that's your entry, but I think writing it gives you something to look back on. And when you're done, when you're finishing the program, you can kind of see, okay, redefine community. You're going to redefine all these terms in block six. And then you can look back and see, wow, I've really changed my definition of community. And you can reflect on like, what are the things that maybe changed my definition? So um, Ruthie Pop, I'd love to hear your definition of community because I've heard you talk about this before and I'm always amazed at the depth and quality of how you talk about community. So go for it. Yes. So my definition of community um, was born out of, I used to teach anatomy and physiology, anatomy and physiology to incoming nursing students. And the textbooks always read that cells were communities, you know, that they were structures, community structures that whose parts, um, like they're, they're, they were individual elements that serve the whole. So the cells made, you know, work together for a common goal to make the organs and the organ systems and so on and so forth. And I, it struck me, that was when I first started looking at like how number one, amazing our human bodies are, and then how that reflect, how that shaped my idea about community um, as a whole, like from the smallest um, microstructure to like big macrostructures. So, um, so I like the idea of community at its base level being compared to an organism that the individual parts or the like the interdependent elements um, are, are parts that influence and and help the, and work towards a common goal to help the larger structure thrive. And so um, at the micro level, I like the idea of um, a, that we as individual humans are communities of 60 to 100 trillion molecular geniuses we call cells that work towards the thriving and the functioning of our entire human body. And then 
And also this was born, my definition was born out of a feeling of like, how can I actually contribute to the world around me and help? And when, you know, like calling my governor and talking to he or she personally wasn't really an option and my impact on the world around me. So it was very helpful for me to define and reflect on community as how can I influence the cells in my body? How can I then um, influence the community in my household, whether they're plants or pets or people, um, that community, and then that continuing to radiate out to the neighbors immediately around me, the, that community, and then to my neighborhood, that community, whether it's helping a community garden or like all of these structures from the very microscopic to slowly radiating out to like the city and so on and so forth. And then temporary communities too, Nikki Pop, like I started to, this, this was something like where Matthew and I would get on an airplane. And if somebody was arguing with the flight attendant and we were all enclosed in an airplane, I was like, this is our community. Like these are our people for the next five hours. We're going to celebrate a successful landing, or we're going to have to problem solve some shit together. But for the next five hours, these are our people or a city bus. And then like for the foot nerd program, the, um, like our, our pods or our people in the foot nerd program are our digital communities. So then it's like, how do we interact with those structures to, for the success and the thriving and the functioning of the whole. Amazing. Yeah. I think that there's so many layers and we'll talk about community layers, um, as a later topic, but yeah, that was a really good definition. Ruth. And I think, um, just being aware that your body in and of itself, like I never actually had that thought or awareness in my mind before you had said it, where like, we are communities of cells, we are communities of organs. And I was like, wow, yeah, this literally this myself is a community and taking care of community can have so many different meanings and just taking care of yourself is taking care of your community, which, um, you know, the, the different parts that make the whole, I think that's a really cool element. My definition of community at like a broad level is a web of organisms that are independent on one another for life. Because I, I wrote like 10 different definitions and I erased them all because I was like, that doesn't actually do it justice. And the only level I could define it at and feel good that it applies appropriately was that. So a web of organisms that are interdependent on one another for life. Mm -hmm. And interdependent meaning that um, bi-directionally interdependent, meaning I have as, a, as an element of a community, I must contribute, but I must also receive support. And if I break that bridge, then in isolation, um, I can't, I, I, with isolation comes the, uh, inability to foster life basically. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, and my personal community assessment is sort of like, do I feel integrated with the whole at whatever level I'm thinking of, you know, with my family, with my local community, with the broader TFC community, with the web of nature, which is like the macro community, um, and I often think of communities as these sort of fractal things where there are highly complex patterns that re repeat across different scales, yep. right? Um, like an example of that would be like a tree bring, being a fractal community. It has like clusters of leaves on a branch, which will be its own sort of community. Those communities connect into branches, which connect into trunk, which connect into the planet. So it's fractal. It's like different levels, right? Um, even like with our lungs, the same, the exact same pattern of a tree repeats in our lungs. So these are like so patterns cool. that we see repeated in nature because they abide by the laws of nature and how communities are optimally designed, right? Like we have the individual alveoli, they form clusters, they connect into bronchioles, they connect into bronchi, which are, the, it's the same parallel as a tree. So I think yeah. this whole notion that communities are fractal and no community can be talked about without being talked about within the broader context within which that community exists, because it's also interdependent on the larger and smaller scales. Mm -hmm. um, and then 
you know, this sense of community, like how do I feel my sense of community? I tried to break it down and uh, I took some guidance from the Wikipedia definition, which was pretty good. It had a whole page. Uh, one, of them was like, <laughs> one of them was membership. So feeling like I actually belong. Oh, that's a good um, one. Another one was contribution. So feeling like I matter to the group, like I'm actually making a difference. And then the last one is uh, the, the, this whole notion of maintaining meaningful connections within the community, which is, which is an active element, right? Like you can be in a community passively or actively. And I think mm-hmm. actively seeking to maintain relationships and build more relationships within community is sort of like the third part. So membership contribution, and then uh, maintaining meaningful connections. So those are, that's sort of my mm, bubble of meaning when it comes to community. Can I add a misconception that I, that I personally find about community? Of course. You can add anything, Is, anytime. I know, but I'm, I'm trying to be more polite and not interrupt you every two seconds. Okay. <laughs> um, so a misconception I think about community is that we have to be the same. We have to think the same. We have to have the same ideals. We have to have the same views and belief systems. And in fact, there's a book um, uh, by, it's an architectural book that a lot of really cool buildings and communities have been built on. And they talk about how uh, a successful community actually thrives the best when there are uh, a lot of different ideas, viewpoints, different styles of people, different styles of lifestyles, and that the diversity is actually what really drives the thriving of a community. And I think we sometimes forget that it's important to have diversity across the spectrum. Yeah, we talk a lot about this whole notion of having beautiful disagreements within the Footner program, mm -hmm. where if we all agree on everything, we're not not doing it right. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's a good point. It's like, and it's a balance, right? Like you're, you don't want your community to not align on anything because you probably won't be a community in the first place. So there's alignment in terms of what we're trying to achieve, the meaning we find in this community, the purpose of this community, but also, yeah, that's a really important point. I think yeah. that there, there needs to be diversity in order for a, a, a community to flourish um, for the same reason that, you know, natural environments are not monocrops. They're diverse mm-hmm. um, and there's a ton of different things that contribute individual elements to the web. And if it was all the same thing, it would be boring and it would also probably be really stagnant. So yeah, that's a good point. Let's talk about community nutrients. Um, and I think that the whole, you know, like nutrient, I think is mostly associated with food, um, like typically used in the context of food, but I think it applies to a lot of pillars, right? We use, uh, movement nutrition. That's a concept from Katie Bowman within the, the pillar of movement. But I think, Uh, I looked at the definition of nutrient and it's a substance that provides nourishment essential for the maintenance of life and for growth. And I was like, yes, now I have a template to be able to use this better because I think that is such a broad definition that it allows application to be more specific within whatever context you're talking about. And so when we talk about community nutrients, um, what comes to mind when, when we, you know, to unpack that term. Yeah. I looked up that same definition and I did the same thing. I switched it around. I was like, well, for our purposes, it's a substance that provides nourishment essential for the community to live and thrive. And I came up with four. So I thought um, active and passive participation is one nutrient. Um, Passive, I just want to say that you can be, you can still be participating in your community and not be like the head cheerleader or the person who's running the show. 
Um, and I'll just give an example. If I'm, I find myself trying to not be on my phone when I'm walking down the street in my neighborhood or have my earbuds in because I'm not necessarily going to stop and talk to people, but I can nod and make eye contact or just be present mm -hmm. with what I'm doing. So I, I found it important to add active and, and pa that passive participation is, is, is a big key element too. A willingness to offer something of yourself, um, no matter how small, but some, a, a little bit of an offering or a lot of an offering, a willingness to receive offerings, to be a good gift receiver or a receiver of, of input or whatever it is you need to be. Um, we need to be good receivers as well as people who offer. And then an understanding of our at first I said importance um, in the community big or the big picture, but I realized that what I wanted to really say is your, your understanding of your influence, your influence um, uh, in the community and in the big picture. And then to have an understanding of how other, the importance and influence of others in the community. And then the result of that being that you have an intimate knowing of your surroundings, which then in, improves the quality of life, hopefully. Yeah, I think even just awareness of the scales of community gives a lot more perspective to be able to define community. Um, to me, community nutrients are like anything. Community nutrients are positive and mutually beneficial interactions between elements of a community. So mm. it can mean many, like the nod that you do to someone and they nod back. It's like that was a mutually beneficial connection between you and then another element of the community of the local area. Um, but it can all, it can be many things, right? It's so hard to define these things because, you know, I think just defining a community nutrient massive, it hugely broadly gives mm -hmm. people the ability to place that wherever it fits. And like, you know, when I have dinner with my family, that it, that gives me a, a mega dose of community nutrients. Um, when I help someone, a stranger move something that gives me mm -hmm. like a small bump of community nutrients. And I think it's the aggregation of all the nutrients we accumulate mm -hmm. day to day, both, you know, within the system of our body, but also within the, mm -hmm. the, the larger subsystems of like family, local community, global community. Um, like nature to me is the ultimate network that if we plug into, like just looking at a tree is, you know, I don't, and this is where it gets very subjective, right? If a community nutrient is a, a bi-directionally a beneficial, like a mutually beneficial interaction, like the tree's not telling me it's benefiting from me looking at it, but maybe it's benefiting because I'm not cutting it down. Um, <laughs> I don't know, but I think a community nutrient, everyone, like the, the, the thing we want to avoid with these lessons is avoiding things narrowly within our own context. Cause then we pigeonhole people into what their definition would be. And right. really the goal is like, this is what we know. This is how we think of it think of it in your own way, develop your own understanding and feedback into the system so that the whole community can learn better, can have a broader Preach. definition. Preach. Um, so I think a really important element is this notion of integration. When we talk about community nutrients, it's like integration, bringing disparate elements into a whole. I think communities that are disintegrated, meaning that their integration is broken, means that like the bridges of connecting these different elements are separated. And I think I noticed this really weird thing in both myself and the people around me that technology has really influenced our definition of community. Um, and, you know, I used to think technology was neutral. It's a neutral tool that based on how it's used by an individual determines whether it's good or bad, right? Technology is neither good or bad. It's whether it's good or bad is defined by how you use it. But I'm starting to realize that there it's, it's not necessarily neutral because a lot of the 
power behind technology actually has its own sort of incentive structure, which might not align with health. But at the end of the day, what I'm trying to get at is this whole notion that, okay, when I interact with you in person, we have a, a conversation in human space. Um, it's beneficial, right? There's, there's a deep level, there's deep layers of nutrients we're both getting, right? We're both getting the nutrients of being within each other's space in person, seeing each other, smelling each other, hearing each other, having like intonation, uh, facial reactions, all the goodness, like full depth nutrient density. Whereas right now, you know, if you and I interacted on through computers, it has a much lesser density of nutrients, but it still, I think, tricks our brain into thinking that we're connecting with someone and we are, but it's not as deep. It's not as nourishing. And so it's almost like junk food, right? When I go eat a Big Mac, um, my, it tricks my brain to thinking I'm getting a lot of nutrients, but I'm still mm -hmm. hungry. And I don't mm -hmm. actually feel that good because I didn't actually take in, I tricked my brain into thinking I got nutrients, but I didn't actually get all the deep nutrients that I'm mm. supposed to get in real whole food. So I think we just have to be mindful. It's not that technology is good or bad, but we have to be mindful that being digitally wired is not the same thing as being connected. Mm -hmm. And we don't want to fool ourselves into thinking that our thousands of people that were connected, that were wired with on Facebook uh, means we have thousands of people in our community because oftentimes mm -hmm. it's, it's, it doesn't carry that same meaning. It doesn't carry the same nutrients behind it. So I think that's mm -hmm. the big thing to kind of be aware of. And a lot of it boils down to self-awareness and sort of body, mind literacy of sensing for me, like, when am I starting to lack community elements, community nutrients? When am I, when am I becoming malnourished with, within the pillar of community? And then knowing how to restore my nutrition by knowing different ways that I can get those nutrients. Mm -hmm. And once again, everyone has to define that for themselves. But I think knowing, knowing the feeling of when you're like, ah, something's not mm -hmm. right. And being able to identify that it's because you haven't been um, in community, mm -hmm. um, that you're missing those community nutrients, I think is an important thing to identify. That, that big, that, and, and since we're talking about, you know, a digital learning program that, that, that creates complications, right. In our, even in our foot nerd program, where, because we end up really caring about each other and we're having digital relationship, like it's always a, it's always a, a matter of self-awareness. Like we tend to really enjoy the people that we work with in the foot nerd program. So personally, I've noticed a set of complications that come along with you know, that and having to actually um, pull myself out of my digital community where I get a lot of, I get a lot of nutrients from my foot nerd friends and go participate in the world around me in a different way. So I've just noticed personally, Nick, that, um, you know, it, it living now in this world requires extra self-awareness and then even participating in a, a program like this fully requires a, a new level of self-awareness and um, um, that's it. That's all I have to say. Yeah. Nick and I yeah. have never, and for those of you nerds listening, we've never met in person. Never. So, so, so Not I'm yet. Honest. But Not I mean, the, the big thing is like, okay, if you didn't, if, if you have the opportunity to have a fairly good, as, as deep as you can go with the digital community, where you speak with them regularly, you have uh, nourishing interactions in the digital space you know, because that's not as good as in-person interaction, it doesn't mean you should not do it. Exactly. But you need to be mindful that you're not getting your full spectrum of nutrients just from speaking to people on a computer. And mm -hmm. so it's all balanced. It's all knowing when to detect, like, when am I missing some of those nutrients? How do I get those nutrients? Um, and yeah, I think that's important. And, and what we're trying to do, Ruth and I, as sort of like the uh, lead designers of this whole program with the footer program is design deeper layers of community connection and more opportunities for community interactions to happen. 
right? So whether that be learning partners or learning pods, it's like, yes, you still need the in-person elements of your community nutrients, but we can design in some pretty, you know, as deep as we can go in, within the digital realm to make sure that people are getting a really good, um, a balanced diet of nutrients through this program experience, which is a challenge, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. um, and, and ideally, the connections you make within the Footner program eventually manifest and foster in-person connections, right? Like I've met a ton of Footners in person at different events, different seminars, different different things. And I look forward to meeting you in person one day, Ruth, um, yes. hopefully sooner than later, because hug <laughs> you can't beat hugs. Like the, the, the hug, the amount of nutrients you get from a hug is insane. Yeah. And if it's a really good hug, like a long hug, I'm a long hugger, which sometimes weird yeah. people up, but like, <laughs> I don't let go. People like let go and then they latch on again. They're like, shit, I shouldn't have let go. Um, <laughs> what about, what about, I met my first foot nerd and, and Christina de la Cruz and it, foot nerds, I think give good hugs. Yep. Foot She's a, good a really huggers. good hugger. Yeah. Yep. I okay. agree. <laughs> Let's talk about layers of community. We already talked about it a little bit. The way I look at it is like atomic, cellular, mm -hmm. social, local, national, and then global, and then maybe mm -hmm. like universal. So it's like, those are like the macro layers. And yeah, I just love how, you know, the body is a community of cells. A family is a community of humans. Earth is a community of life. Like there's so many different levels you can define this at. And I think everyone just needs to, I think we need to view community like an onion, right? It's like the core of the onion is ourselves. And then the more layers you're aware of in that onion, the more opportunities you see in your day-to-day -day life to get those nutrients, because you're now acknowledging that as a layer of the, as a layer of community in your life. And it's a, it's kind of like, it's a very abstract thing, community, right? Like you have to is spend, it though, is it though, Nick? Well, no, it's not. It's concrete, it but it's hard to express verbally. I find. I get, and maybe it's more, maybe it's more abstract now because I mean, I guess like yeah, maybe it's more abstract now, given the circumstances of the last two and a half years or whatever we're coming up on. Um, it seems like exponentially longer that we're not able to really be in community, like uh, care freely, you know, mm. um, that that I just I mean, maybe it is abstract now. I think I like to think that it's pretty concrete. You know, you take, you look around you, you see what's right in front of you, first your, your body and then your people and then your neighborhood, your neighbors right there next door. Or, you know, if you live in the country, maybe a mile away, but they're still there. Mm -hmm. And maybe the grocer and maybe the post office person or the cashier, like it's really actually very tangible if we allow it to be. And if we, if we participate, if we reflect on it and then, and then, you know, I love how you go to the grocery store and you talk to the cashier you know, just that interaction. And I do that all the time too. And it, it does give a bump, like it's a bump and you know, your people. And especially if you choose the same, if you choose the same grocer, I don't even know why I'm saying grocer. I never said that word before in my life, the market, the, you know, but, but you know what I'm saying? Like, it seems yeah. like it, 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 it's such a natural part of who we are as humans to be in community that it almost makes me feel sad to think that it's abstract. And maybe you're right. It is becoming more so. Well, I mean, now that you say that, it doesn't seem it. I think when I was trying to think of what is community, it's a, mm -hmm. it's a one word that can mean so many things. Sure. And you have to really you have to really spend brain energy thinking of community. Like, what does it mean to you? What are, what can it mean as a, when you unpack that term, but you're right. I mean, at the end of the day, 
when you understand the term, you can make it concrete by acknowledging the ways that in your real life, you see and interact with the community. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe this is a good experiment for people like find in your day to day life. We often go through these interactions where you just kind of go through the motions, right? Like going to the grocery store for me for, for most of my life was just like, go there, nod, say hi, say credit card, because that's how I'm paying and that's it. And just adding, I noticed this. And once I did it, once I did it every time, just noticing that if you look at their name tag and you say, how's your, like, so first thing I do is I zone in on their name tag. I try and like, cause sometimes it's hidden under stuff. I'm kind of like look around and trying to find their name without looking like a weirdo. Um, and so I remember their name and then I say, how's your day going? That's that, like, that was the only, the, the two things I added was learn their name, say, how's your day going? And just adding that made for much richer, uh, like experiences when I went to the grocery store. Mm-hmm. And that's where I got a lot of my community nutrients because I would always yep. see a different person. Sometimes I would see the same person. And then when I left, I'd say, thank you. And then I would say their name. Everyone loves to hear mm-hmm. their name and no mm-hmm. one, no one really clues into people's names, but just the act of asking how their day is going and then saying their name and thanking them saying like, thank you, Mary. Um, mm-hmm. explicitly, I, you notice like people double back and they kind of look at you like, 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 he said my name kind of, <laughs> and it's weird that we just like, that is our human. That's the natural way of being a human. But I think we've just lost, you know, I see people go through the grocery store all the time. They have headphones on. They're like, like the signal yeah. is I don't want to talk to anyone. Yeah. Um, and I don't judge them for that, but it's mm-hmm. like, I think we can just deepen instead of doing these crazy, like, Oh, I'm going to organize a community event. It's like, no, no, just say hi to someone and ask them one extra question. That's a huge boost in your community connection. Um, and has a mutually beneficial, like they feel acknowledged and you developed a deeper relationship than just like telling them you want to pay with your credit card. Yep. Um, for sure. Yeah. So learning pods, let's talk about learning pods. So these are sort of yeah. some of the community elements that we've sort of embedded into the Footner program. First one is learning pods, which is we did this, we called it classes before, but because people were coming in the program at different times and starting at different points, it was very hard to get people sort of on the same page. So for 2022, we decided to put people, place people in learning pods, which is a group of people. You know, I use the metaphor of like, we, we've created a train station with the Footner program. We, we've, we've laid down the tracks, which is a 360 day, 360 hour journey. And the pods are essentially like rail cars. So a bunch of people like we're starting with pods of 10, 10 people get in a rail car. They are their own micro community. They leave the station, they go on their journey together. And so that's basically like pods are kind of like a, a small unit, which is connected to the whole. Um, it was named after like a whale pot, a pod of whales. So, you know, it's a pod is a self-supportive um, group that shares resources and sort of aligns on a purpose, right? So taking that metaphor and placing it to into the Footner program is like your pod is your group that's going through the same journey, starting at the same point, will go through the same challenges at the same time um, and allows people to share what they're learning because they're learning the same things. And so, you know, why do we create them? To facilitate a sense of community within small clusters of new members beginning their Footner journey. Because it is like a, a tough journey. Like it will not be without challenges and having a community to support you. And also that you can contribute support to, I think is a really important element of the community pillar. What are your thoughts on that Ruthie pop? Yeah, I don't, I don't have any because you said it, you said it exactly right. I like the part where you said that it's based on a whale pod. And then you said with a common porpoise, <laughs> the common porpoise. <laughs> I like it. Um, um, and it's by no, the it's, biggest thing I think with the learning part, it's bi-directional. Yeah, that's right. You can that's be great. energized, but you also mm-hmm. have to give energy to the pod. Yes. Like it's, it's a, 
it's you a two-way street. Yeah, your influence, you influence and you are influenced. Your energy, yeah, it's, I like that bi-directional situation. Yeah, so it's like you're, you're a small social unit that holds you accountable, that you can hold accountable. And most importantly, you just learn together, right? Everyone mm -hmm. in a pod is going to have their own individual insights based on their own experience. Yep. And those insights when shared with each other can form really good layer two conversations. Um, but more importantly, can just like the collective intelligence of 10 people is much higher than the individual intelligence of, of each person. And mm -hmm. so we can harness that by just um, basically creating a container to and, and hope that these sort of insight collective insights emerge from that so um when we we're open to feedback anyone in the pod if you like the pod how can we do the pods better um yeah. we're open to any and all feedback i wanted to say um about the oh rats i lost it i'll come back to it it'll come back just interrupt mm -hmm. me if it comes back okay <laughs> uh let's talk about learning partner because this is sort of like an extension this is another layer of community so you know this whole notion of a learning partner came up. Do you remember when this came up? It came up in one of the debriefs, someone, a previous nerd suggested it. So for everyone listening, we historically in the footner program, we've done debriefs where when someone ends the program, we go on a call with them and sort of ask like, what'd you get from the program? How can we make it better? What didn't you like? And just really get, it's like an embedded feedback loop and also a chance to just connect with someone as they finish the program. And someone at one point suggested this notion of learning buddies or accountability buddies, I think is where it came oh, up, yes. where it'd be really helpful if I was paired up with someone and I could hold them accountable, they could hold me accountable. And we didn't really have a, a, a firm enough structure to plug it in. But now that we're kind of re-engineering um, or we've re-engineered this program, I think it was a really good opportunity to put in this learning partner element. Um, and it's basically a partnership between two individuals. You've both committed to doing uh, this program. And so, you know, someone, your point person to share your experience with, um, to learn from and to keep you accountable, I think is the best way I know how to describe this idea of a learning partner. Um, and I think one thing that's important is going to be because humans are complex, right? When we form relationships with other humans, there's um, definitely an element of like understanding that's needed, right? So in order for both people to feel like they're getting the most out of the relationship, there has to be clarity on what do we, they both want that relationship to be. Um, and so clarity on the help that you want to receive and the help that you are prepared to offer with your learning partner, getting really clear on that, putting it in your logbook, I think is really important, right? Like mm -hmm. whether that's something as simple as how freak, okay, Ruth, you're my partner. How frequently do you want to check in? And when we decide this, something that works for both of us, we're going to hold each other accountable to it, mm -hmm. uh, in a productive way, in a kind, productive way. Uh, yeah. you know, is it weekly? Is it monthly? Are we going to do a zoom call? Are we just going to chat, like send each other a message on Slack? Um, make sure that we both put prompts in our calendar. So we remember these things, you know, like all of these things really just, um, diving deeper into a relationship with another person who's doing something similar to you. And it is what you make of it, right? Like if you never talk to your learning partner, you're probably not going to get a whole lot from that partnership. But, um, and once again, it's like bi-directional, right? Openness, honesty. Uh, and it's, it has, you know, like the hope is that some of these learning partnerships will actually form lifelong relationships, right? Yep. Because you'll go through some hard shit, you'll have some great wins and you have a person to talk about it with. Mm -hmm. And I think that's yep. pretty cool. Yeah. And that, I mean, I think, I think I remembered what I wanted to say in the ter in terms of accountability, because um, I think one of the, you talked about isolation and the problem with like not having those community nutrients. Um, and one of the things that I noticed in the last, since March, 2020, is that the isolation that we feel, we forget that we actually need 
somebody, another human to witness our lives. So mm. even like if you're a family that's isolated in a home, um, you still need to be in community with other families to witness your life. Like we're designed to, to witness each other's human experience. And I think life becomes rather meaningless if we don't have that. So along with accountability is like, cause we, you may have a, a learning partner or a pod where people are completely autonomous and you don't need to like, maybe every, those people are super keeners and they're like, I just want to dig in and, you know, do my thing. And I, that's me. <laughs> I don't need to, I, I don't really need accountability or so I think. Um, but, but I realized that I don't need to be have a ton of people checking in on me, but what I do need is like somebody to witness me and say, oh, hello there, you are a human <laughs> and you're doing just fine, keep it up, you know, or, or just a witness, like, wow, Ruth um, is working on her ninja squats and she nailed it last week. Yep, I Stuff agree. Like that. And it's just like, you know, hopefully the pod, out of the pods emerges some like consensus on who are the keeners and those keeners kind of latch onto each other and know who to talk to about what. Yeah. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, we don't want to design in anything extra other than matching people up with a learning partner, mm -hmm. leaving it up to them, what they make of yeah. that partnership. Right. Um, and putting people in a pod such that they know their immediate, you know, if that, if the footner program is an onion at the core is you, your first layer is your partner, your second layer is your pod, your third layer is like all foot nerds. And so as long as we've designed something in there to um, facilitate that, we don't mm -hmm. like, we don't, we're not going to meddle with what goes on within those relationships. We just try and facilitate them being created in the first place. So, yeah. And so when we talk about community, our two main platforms, I guess, that we would use for community is number one, Slack and number two, GitHub. And they both have kind of different utilities. So we're going to explain this um, briefly. So we'll start with Slack. Um, Ruth, Liz, and I recently had a discussion about Slack and we really had to like figure out like, why do we use Slack, right? Like if, if we're trying to be really clear on how we want to use it to avoid it getting out of control as more and more people come in here, um, we got to really understand how we use it. And um, I think it was Liz that suggested this. Slack is a social platform to engage with other nerds. So we define it broadly as like, that is the, and Ruth made a great metaphor, which is that Slack is like a shared office space in cyberspace where all the nerds are invited and welcome. So all foot nerds kind of occupy this virtual office space in cyberspace. Um, the other thing too, is every nerd has to choose their level of engagement, right? Everyone has to choose how much do I want to participate in Slack? What I put in is probably going to be a reflection of what I get out just like this program is what you make of it, right? You can pay the money and do and half-ass the program and you're going to get half of half the benefit. And that is everyone makes their own decisions and those decisions are respected. But people need to know that like, if you're not engaging on Slack, you can't expect to have a really rich community connection with the footnote community because you're not even actively participating in the community. Mm -hmm. And so Slack is our shared office space. Channels are essentially individual spaces within the office. Um, like for example, conference rooms that are topic specific. So we might create a channel about COVID-19 where we can all go in there and say our thoughts and share our experiences with this whole, what's going on with COVID-19. Um, the general channel is like the common area where people like, you know, walk by, say hi to each other. You know, Ulysses goes Meet at the water cooler. Hey, meet at the water cooler. Meet at the water cooler. Exactly. Um, you know, it's like, the, it's almost like the cafeteria. It's like, everyone's going to go there at some point check in on it once in a while, put your yeah. two cents. Ulysses puts like a weekly nugget for the whole tribe. I love those. 
Um, and then private messages are if you want to connect with an individual or with uh, like a group. Um, so Slack will be more obvious when you get in there. Don't get overwhelmed. Uh, we kind of dialed in that the only two channels you should add when you go in there are the general channel and then your pod channel, which will be created. And uh, Ruth and I um, will be on Slack. Ruth more so than myself, but uh, I definitely go into Slack and we're here if you have questions. So, and use your pod mates, right? Like use your pod mates, use your learning partner, use other nerds that are vocal in the general channel. Just mm -hmm. everyone is pretty open to answering questions, although not everyone is on Slack every day. I go on there once a week. Um, and I find that to be a good way to like, I go into Slack mode for like an hour or two and I spend two hours, an hour or two of my deep attention focused on Slack, but then that's pretty much it. I don't have notifications on. And so everyone can kind of figure out their own way of working it. Um, what's your experience been with Slack Ruth and what lessons have you kind of, how have you adapted Slack, um, to use it optimally since you first started? Well, I go in there almost, I, I used to go in there almost every day. Um, and, uh, and I helped create the channels and I found it to be busy, you know, um, and I could, and a lot of feedback from nerds going through the program or that it, it can be overwhelming. And, um, you know, if you're trying to not be on technology a lot, um, it can, you can go down some rabbit holes and you could, you know, it's, it can be like addictive, like technology, like anything you can spend all of your time reading through conversations and not going outside into your neighborhood. Um, or you can set constraints and you, you know, and, and, and you, and we're going to make it a lot more streamlined. So it, it will be very easy, but I think just two or three times a week was when, as how I go in and I, I follow the same sort of format that you do. I dive in, answer, answer questions, look at anything I might be interested in and, and get out. And I don't have notifications on, um, and it works really good. I think it's a great, it's a really great way for nerds to get to know each other and their pod mates and their learning partners and get their questions answered, you know? So you can always direct message me and I'm, I usually check in three times a week and answer any technical questions or works really good. I think it's a really great pl platform for us to, I love it. I love our digital office, Nikki Pop. So do I. I think it's like, I know that if I go in there, I'm going to observe some really cool conversations. We have so many insanely smart people in the Footner program. Yes. Like it blows my mind when I go in there sometimes because yeah. there's very high quality thinking, great discussions, yeah. uh, beautiful disagreements that are respectful. We all have this kind of, you know, understanding that it's really about learning, not about being right. And that each of us deserves our own uh, space to, to say what we want. Um, and I think that's a really powerful thing where it's like, it's a safe space, right? And we even mm -hmm. have that spa safe space document. Yep. I don't think we've talked about that for the new program, but that's mm -hmm. probably something we should mention at some point. Um, but it just sort of defines the rules of engagement of how, of what we all agree to the rules we all agree to so that there's no rulers, right? We all agree to these rules. We all agree to understand them and, you know, respectfully abide by them and update them over time. So Slack is our, is our community social platform, engage with it as you want. I think even just a, a weekly brief engagement at minimum, is probably a good idea. Uh, and then you can use it as you want. Um, the second platform is GitHub, and this is new for this year. And the purpose of this is simpler. It's basically a platform to collaboratively evolve our collective understanding of health. So if Slack is more the social side where we can engage in, you know, just discussions that can go anywhere we want, GitHub is really the way to co-create uh, the lessons uh, and embed feedback loops. And we're just getting used to this platform, but it's really pretty robust. It's been used mostly by the coding community for a long time as a co-creation tool. 
Um, so each lesson has its own living document that changes over time based on input from nerds and being edited by teachers as they continue learning. And so to contribute to a lesson, you can either record a layer two conversation, which is a, a conversation between you and a nerd or even you and someone else about that lesson topic relating to that lesson topic. Uh, you can contribute a resource to the lesson. You can contact the teacher with feedback or, um, you know, ask, say like, maybe this isn't the best resource or this, this is a new resource that's not in there. So it's really the whole notion with GitHub is to um, grow into a platform that really facilitates co-creation at a large scale. And so teachers are assigned as maintainers. Like if, if I'm the teacher for lesson 1.3, if Ruth and I are the teachers, then we are the ones who have kind of final say on what edits get pushed through and pushed out to the whole tribe. But anyone at any point can go in there and submit a request or submit a contribution. Uh, and that's, um, you know, it'll be a learning experience for all of us as we continue to use this, but um, I'm really pretty stoked on the way it's going so far. What about you? I, I love it. I didn't think I was going to like it because it, it's, the word code intimidated me, but when I went in there and you yeah. start using it, it's really, it's just really elegant and simple. And I love, I love it because it's you, anyone can use it at any time and you can see like what, it's just a great way to have a real live living document that's being contributed to over time. I, yeah. I think it's a really great, it's going to be a really great tool. I like it a lot. I agree. So let's get into, to wrap this up, we're going to talk about some experiments. So for lesson 1.3, we already talked about this one, but defining community for yourself. So right in your health blog, how do you define community? Uh, you can go a layer deeper and ask close friends and family how they define community, or even just have a discussion about what is community, right? I have uh, two family dinners per week. They're great opportunities to plug these questions in there. I, half the time, I think my family is like, oh God, here we go again. And the other <laughs> half, we have, we have beautiful conversations. So it's worth it um, in my opinion. So, and then even just reflecting yourself, it's like, how do I get my community nutrients? Am I missing? Am I, am, is my nutrition level below or above what I would consider like a, a good optimal level of nutrients? Although I don't think you can, I don't know if you can OD on community nutrients. Maybe you can. I don't know. Just, yeah. just maybe you might need, no, you can't. <laughs> you can't. If anyone does, let us know. <laughs> um, so how do you currently get your uh, community nutrients? Draw, um, list your layers of community. Like what layers of community do you feel you have in your life? Maybe in like a visual diagram. That would be a cool thing to write down and then review later on. Uh, start a conversation with a stranger in your community. Uh, say an extra thing to a person that you check out with that some sort of business interaction. That's another one. And then a big one would be to like, to literally organize a community health discussion, right? Like get a bunch Ooh. of like, if you're getting together with friends and your friends are open-minded and into health, say like, Hey, let's talk about health. What does health mean? What's community mean? You know, like just stimulate discussions. Cause you'll learn so much. Like I said, I asked those questions to my family because I hope that they're going to say something that I hadn't thought of. And it always happens, right? Mm -hmm. Everyone's perspective is a perspective I can learn from and integrate into mine. Um, and just the act of stimulating those discussions is a beautiful opportunity to har to harness community. Um, and, uh, you know, disagreements and agreements alike are both productive as long as yeah. everyone's respectful. So, um, yeah, you want to say anything to close out here before we wrap up? Yeah. Um, I have been newly inspired to ask these questions, you know, haven't done it in a while. And it is, it is nourishing actually to be able just to ask the questions to 
friends and family, you know, even to my own partner. It's fun to, to talk about these things, to have a, a topic of discussion that isn't so controversial or something, you know, it's like very lighthearted right. in a certain way. Um, and I would just reiterate about the experiments being more about self-awareness, right? Observe, reflect, and ask questions. So yeah. asking questions about like, I like the idea of reflecting on yourselves, like I, as a community, and then ask how, how am I governing them? Like, how am I the kind of governor of my own community of cells that I want to be? And if not, how can I, how can I shift and change and then do that for all the radiations out from your own body to the community around you? Yeah, really well said. And even like thinking of my cells as a community, even like my gut, all the bacteria in there being its own little community. It's like so the other awesome. day I was eating kimchi. I'm like, yeah, I'm feeding that gut flora <laughs> community some good, good stuff. Oh, um, Nikki Pop, I had one important experiment that I actually was the only one I wanted to say, but it was to reflect on your, um, your like the the train your train car with your learning pod is about to leave the station. Like, what reflect on how would you like that to be? Like, how do you what would you like your own personal learning pod community in the, within the foot nerd program to be like, and, um, and then continue to reflect on that over the course of your 60 hour journey and adjust 360 hour journey. That's what I meant. What did I say? <laughs> 60. Sorry. You yeah, just forgot, 60. The, the, you forgot the time <laughs> six part. Um, yeah. And I think even just thinking like, what is the biggest thing I can contribute to my pod? What is the biggest thing I hope to be supported like what, what is the biggest thing i hope to receive from my pod because like the yeah. intention you set oftentimes is the precursor to it actually happening if you don't have yeah. one then it doesn't really happen often and so just thinking about those things and i know it's you know for a long time anytime i i took a course and it said reflect on this i was like oh god again. <laughs> um but it, you're it like is yeah really, yeah i'm reflecting yeah i noticed that i reflect like when someone asked me to reflect i was like I don't want to reflect right now. Don't tell me what to do, but I do reflect a lot on these things now that I'm more interested and have deeper context to it. Right. If someone says reflect on community and you have no, you've put zero thought energy into what community means. It's like, well, I got nothing to reflect on, but yeah, once you develop true. a deeper context, then it's like, okay, I got all this information. Now I'm going to sort of spend some time to me. Reflecting means just spend time thinking to myself and yeah. you know, whether it's on a walk, that's like my favorite way to reflect because it's almost like my brain's in like this active idol where it's turned on because I'm moving, but it's doing something so repetitive that there's a ton of spare bandwidth. Um, and just thinking about the concept of community, how do you get your community nutrients? How can you give back to your community more uh, in terms of contributing nutrients? How do you want to foster community through this foot nerd journey? All these kind of things mm -hmm. are really good experiments to just spend brain energy on. Yeah. And, um, yeah. So the idea of reflection is to ask, I mean, I, I, I realize that reflecting is like looking back on something, but it's really asking a question and then waiting and then seeing how you think, or what is your answer to that question? That is the active part of reflection. Yeah. Yeah. It's like answering a self-directed question. Yeah. question. That's right. Um, so we hope That's you found it. this lesson helpful and that you maybe took some notes in your log along the way. Um, listening to this is proof of work. Thank you for putting in the effort, taking responsibility for your health. Um, and we hope that you connect with your learning partner and your learning pod, uh, to discuss what we covered in this lesson, you know, maybe even having a group zoom call with your pod to whoever can show up and saying like, how are we going to foster community together? How are we going to be the most badass community pod in this program? I think those kind of, you know, maybe we get some interpod yeah. competition going <laughs> some friendly, um, friendly fun. Yeah, exactly. So thanks for listening and yep. ciao for now, friends. Ciao for now.